Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanian and Dennis Dick. Today, we are talking about the change in sentiment that we we saw it a little bit yesterday uh, morning, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. We saw it a lot more during the day yesterday and after hours. So we'll talk about just the, the general flip in sentiment from buy the dip to sell the rip. We have, of course, a number of big earnings to discuss from Amazon and Apple yesterday to Chevron and ExxonMobil this morning. Uh, so a lot to get to. Jason Rasnick will join us at 845 to give us his thoughts on this market, but I'll throw it to Joel now. Joel, give us a quick recap on the overnight session. Uh, good morning and uh, happy Friday. It's Friday. I get to see people on the weekend. I get to see my wife and my two daughters, my my major excitement the weekend. Uh, SP's deep in the red here. Sell in May and go away seems the theme. We're down 61.5 handles, 28.41. Weird close. Uh, you bounced around quite a bit. You got the last print at 29.02.50, and you never even got a look at that. Uh, open lower off the Amazon news. You got a high at 29. 28.79 and a quarter, 30 handles away, almost 40. So that's a big area to fill the gap. On the downside, we stopped at 30.75, folks. I don't have anything there. I think the question for today, are we to go all the way back down to Monday's low at 28.12.75? Or are we just going to meander here in this area? Another good day for crude, up 55 cents at uh, 22.40. Gold in the red, gold sinking here under uh, 1700, down 610 at 1688.20. Silver just under 15, but 
up 2.2 cents at 14.99 a half and uh call that a nine handle on bitcoin up 155 dollars at 9085 nice rebound for the bitcoin triple d did you have any fun last night oh it's always fun we always have fun trading and this was just the most predictable reaction to all of these earnings possible i mean amazon runs up a sickening amount before the print like just like i don't know what people were expecting but they ran it to an all-time high and you know they're just expecting all oh, these amazon numbers are just going to be fabulous and you know what the amazon numbers were fabulous but there was just nothing left price for beyond perfection the bar as high as you could possibly make it i mean the amazon numbers were really good but it doesn't matter you know, and obviously, you know, on an earnings perspective, but that was, you know, something else. We were looking at the sales and the sales beat. And, you know, they said a lot of good stuff on the call, but it wasn't going to matter anyways. You know, if they would have blown out the earnings, you know, and then blown out like the EPS number, we know Amazon's never cared about the EPS numbers. All it's ever cared about is sales. And the sales were really good. And they said a lot of good stuff, you know, and, and on the call. But the stock's down significantly. It didn't matter what they said. Even if they would have blew out the EPS number, the stock was going to go down probably after the print. It just ran up too much. Apple, same story. The Apple numbers were good. It rallied a little bit on the print because they were good numbers. And again, same story. It just run up too much. So you're seeing profit taking. We saw this happen with Facebook and Microsoft on their earnings and Qualcomm as all those stocks were significantly higher and a lot of them gave back a majority of the gains. We saw it with Twitter yesterday. The same thing happened here. People bucking profits. Rallies are to be sold. Um, we saw that start yesterday. I said it on the show yesterday morning, and it's continuing here. And now people are in full profit-taking mode. So any, anyways, give us the numbers. I, I know Amazon didn't beat on the, on the bottom line, but I was looking at the top line. But, you know, the sales guidance was good. Everything else was okay. Talk with the Amazon report, and we'll talk to the Apple report, too, and we'll break these two majors down. Yeah, the bottom line was a surprising miss. Uh, EPS, $5.01 for, say, $6.27 estimate. I think everybody underestimated estimated just how much money Amazon is spending right now uh, to get through this crisis. The revenue they beat, like you said, Dennis, 75.5 for $73.74 billion. AWS, their key driver, topped $10 billion in revenue for the first time ever 10.22 billion uh which is just below what the estimate was but still uh notable to see that uh growing 30 percent on a year-over-year basis also said their added revenue grew on a year-over-year basis 44 percent uh so they, they said a lot of good things on the call they're investing heavily they're spending uh four billion if not more uh to get through this crisis they're hiring more workers uh they're staffing up they talked about that at length on the call so a lot of their sales was, were up across the board and they're investing heavily. You said, Dennis, they've never really cared about making money uh, and being profitable. Uh, so everything they said from this report seemed good to me. It was fine aside from the earnings miss. So maybe they're hitting, you know, directly the algos look at the earnings miss. But I just think it ran up so much. The sales were good. They were good. I mean, they weren't like spectacular though so maybe if they were spectacular maybe the stock would have caught a bid after hours but when you're buying stocks that are running up 100 points ahead of the print you know 150 or 200 points from where it was basically the day before you're asking for trouble you're chasing i mean clorox the same story here clorox numbers were awesome they were bidding this thing up seven bucks last night it was trading 193 ahead of the print so the people who are coming in and buying at 193 on clorox are down two dollars on a blowout earnings 
You're doing it wrong. Don't chase. Don't chase. Don't chase. Chasing in this market is the recipe for disaster. Don't chase. It's been uh, that's been the theme of the week. It's been the uh, theme not of so, the week. It's been the theme for two years. We've been in you know a, a, a bouncing around market. It paid to chase in 2017. It paid to chase in 20 at the beginning of 2018. It all turned really two years ago, and it's been a contrarian market. If you've been buying dips and selling rips, you've been killing it on everything. If you're buying the rips when the stock's up 100 points and then selling, you know, like today when we're in the hole, you're in trouble. You're on the wrong side of the trade. So, like, uh, and I'm okay. Go ahead. On the I just want to say I do think um, one of my buddies texted me on the conference call. They preface things by saying, you know, everyone should sit down. I don't know. I'm not seeing those comments in pro. So maybe they were a little, a little cautious uh, on the call. I did. Uh, Spencer and I just happened to be covering the stock, and jammed it into the close right at what it would be 24.75 now and then it closed at 74 and then they just hit it it went red immediately we were looking for some other charges or something in there that uh you know maybe impaired that number but it didn't i'll just give you that low and it i talked about this yesterday on after the close show we got to 23.15 even and we hit that area twice go to your dailies and you got your uh, two and three day lows right at 2306, 2310. So I'll just get, you got to give it down to 2300 in a stock like this. And uh, I think, that, you know, they'll keep it above 2300 today. Uh, but moving forward, I think that's going to be a huge level. Yeah, Amazon, I think it was just we didn't realize how much money that they were spending. I mean, they said they're spending $4 billion, if not more, uh, of their operating income. Uh, to get through this crisis. So they're, they're playing offense here. They're one of the few companies that are playing offense. They are spending money to get through this. They are hiring workers. Um, and obviously it's, it's, you know, it, it's going to impact their earnings, but uh, revenue came in strong, even in advertising, which everyone has been concerned about Google, Facebook, Twitter, concerned about advertising, Amazon advertising came in strong. Yeah. Cloud revenue came in strong. So it was a good report all around. Nothing really bad to say from Amazon's point of view. The numbers were good, um, but not surprising. You know, and, and the media will run, oh, they missed on EPS because they will always find a fundamental reason to sell the stock. The media hasn't talked about the bottom line on Amazon for 10 years, but they'll talk about it today. And they'll say, oh, it's a big EPS miss. So you know, they have to have a fundamental reason because they can't talk like a crowded trade. They can't talk the real reasons why. They have to have a fundamental reason. I know, I talk to the media and they don't want to hear anything technical. They want to hear a fundamental reason justifying Correct. every single move. Because people that aren't in the stock market don't want to read about technical. They want to hear what the fundamental reason was that my Amazon is down 119 points. The simple reason is it was crowded to the upside. It was crowded, everybody's hiding out in it. And you know what? It, it, and, and in all likelihood, we're not saying, I'm not, I'm just saying why it's down. But you know what? If somebody asked me last night, is Amazon dip going to get bought? Probably. I mean, think about Amazon still. It's still loved. The story is completely intact. It works in, if we are in a lockdown, it works if we're not in a lockdown. So in all likelihood, this dip probably gets bought. It's probably a stock that I should buy. I've never been able to stomach the valuation, which is why I've never, ever, I've never had it in my long-term portfolio. I've never owned Amazon because I just cannot stomach something that's trading 100 times earnings. But I mean, it's paid. 
and the growth was always there. And I wish I would have been putting in my, in my portfolio, you know, at 300 $400 when everybody was pounding the table, uh, you know, five, seven years ago. Uh, but I didn't. And I'm not going to put it in there at 2354. It's just not my kind of stock. But I'm not going to argue if you do. Because I will tell you, you know, like the Mark Cubans of the world, I believe Amazon continues to go higher. I will trade it. I trade it all the time. But it's not going to go in my long-term portfolio just because it's not my style. So, you know, I, I like my value. And you got your value. Let's go to a value stock that did have yeah. a nice pop of Apple. Yeah, this one was a little bit more of a mixed bag. Uh, I'll give you the uh, the Apple numbers here. The uh, the EPS for Apple yesterday, uh, $2.55 for a $2.26 estimate. So that beat sales also beat 58.3 for $54.5 billion. So a beat and a beat, but they didn't give guidance and their iPhone revenue fell. Uh, here, let me get the number here. iPhone revenue, I just had it. One second. iPhone revenue fell 7% on a year-over-year basis. That was partially offset by 16% rise in services, which, which is nice. Uh, iCloud, Apple Music, subscriptions, etc. But to see iPhone fall the way it did and for the company not to give guidance doesn't doesn't inspire as much confidence as, as a report like Amazon's would have. And again, media is going to cite the same things. They want a fundamental reason for the fall off. Bottom line is Apple's report was fine. Apple's report was good. If Apple was in the gutter going into the report, it would be up 10 bucks on this. But it wasn't in the gutter going into the report. It had run up into the report. It was trading at the highs of the move going into the report. It had gotten back its entire losses from February. So if you look, you know, at the beginning of March, the stock was trading at $300. And we kissed it last night in the after-hour session, got up to 301 and then they pulled the rug out from under it and said, now we're taking profits. And the profit takers came in and they hit and they hit it for the next half an hour until it finally went red. And now it's sitting down, down seven points. And, you know, again, media is going to look and find the fundamental reason for it. But it's profit taking, folks. People are taking profits. They went from the fear of missing out to the fear of losing their profits. So I don't know what you can call that. Fault. I just made up a new acronym, fear of losing profits. That's what this market is. It's not the fear of getting killed here again. People aren't scared that this market's going back to 250 or 260 spy. I don't think that's happening anytime either. They're scared that their profits that they made in the last month and a half since they've, you know, some people bought, apparently everybody on Twitter bought it in the end of March. I, I wasn't that smart. I didn't step in until we got into the, the pullback in April was when I started to load up because I wasn't buying the catching the falling knife. Apparently, everybody else on Twitter and every media person that comes on, every, um, every analyst yeah. that comes on, oh, yeah, they all bought the th at the middle of March on the very fall. And, March you know, 23rd. Oh, yeah, exact. they all bought the very bottom on March 23rd. <laughs> so, and, you know, and, I, and I've talked about this before, too. And it's very disingenuous the way people, you know, come on. They're not lying. Like, I, I buy and sell stocks every day. So, I'll tell you how this works. I, I buy and I sell stocks every day. So, when the market goes up, from you know where we are now i could say oh i was buying stocks on march 23rd i probably bought 50 stocks on march 23rd you know what i sold them on march 23rd and i sold them on march 24th i was already in there buying and selling i also shorted stocks on march 23rd i would have shorted a lot because i trade market neutral so you can always just highlight what you were doing right and forget about what you were doing wrong and that's what the people come on cnbc the people who said that they came in and i bought everything and i'm sure there's one person that actually did just buy on March 23rd, and I'm sure there's maybe even a couple of smart traders in her chat, or you know, lucky traders more than anything, because at that point in time on March 23rd, if you were buying stocks on March 23rd, you got lucky, because it was a falling knife, and there was nothing to lean on. 
it was, we were in a free fall. We didn't know what was happening there. Yes, you know, valuations were extreme, but it looked pretty ugly at that time. If you were buying stocks at the beginning of April, then you had a level to lean on. So when you get the people that come on CNBC and they say, yeah, we were buying stocks on March 23rd or we were buying stocks right at the bottom, they're probably not talking about the stocks they were selling too, though. They're just highlighting what they were doing right. So, um, so it's true what they're saying, but it's a little bit disingenuous on how they're showing it. Uh, Apple did get that spike over 300. Uh, we did notice that. Uh, we had a high. I mentioned uh, 301.48 as a possible. Uh, no, I didn't. I mentioned 303. It only got to 301.48. That was really quickly uh, snuffed out here. And But I, I mean, as far as support goes, this is a pretty clear line in the sand here. Uh, I like this. I like this first setup to see what this stock does. You had your two-day low. At 83.89, I mentioned that yesterday, we closed well above it. And lo and behold, you come down to that level a couple times. You come down to uh, just above that at 84, 84.20. So I think bulls are still firmly in, char in oh, charge yeah. here as long as you hold 384 or 284 or what is it? Yeah, 284. You know, under that, you could give a little bit back. But no, there's a buyer there. Buyer at 284 until you get rid of him. I'd have to say this thing, uh, this poison go back up. I think we'd shop around. And I'm not saying, you know, and I gave a rant yesterday when we were 287, 288, and saying it felt like it turned. It did, it did turn. On Wednesday night, when everybody was just buying everything, you squeezed the hell out of the shorts. Kramer was even saying it on Mad Money last night. You could just see it. It turned. So the sentiment turned towards the market and it turned from, like, like I said, that fear of missing out to that fear of losing my profits. And people were booking the profits. And, you know, when you had Facebook trading up significantly and, you know, giving back the majority of gains, Twitter was at one point, you know, at 30, up 35 oh, pre-market yesterday. And it's 27 here now. People are turning around and booking their profits. I wish I would have booked my profits in Twitter. I did not, but I wish I would have. With that being said, if you are coming in here and selling your stocks now, if you're selling Twitter this morning at 27.73 and somebody just sold it literally 10 seconds ago at 27.73, I believe you are doing it backwards because if you're looking, what did I say to start the show? Buy the dips and sell the rips. Twitter, it's a nice pullback here now. If you wanted to enter the stock, I'm in from 23. I'm holding on to it. I'd almost be tempted to add to the long at this point in time. If you think that, you know, we're somewhat, you know, going to start reopening. And now we're not out of the woods in the long term. Now get Scott Gottlieb. I think it's going to be a long COVID battle. But I still think the news flow in the next few weeks could be okay. So I think you're getting a pullback in the market that actually is attractive to potentially buy. I think we could pull back to 280 on SPY, another 40 handles from here. But you had an area of congestion where the 50% retracement was before that, 279 to 280. I think that's going to bounce the first time we get down there. So you might get a nice opportunity here to go into some quality companies. I'm not talking about going and buying the dash for trash because what it, you know, when you're dashing for trash, it gets hot for a few days and then eventually it's just trash again. And those stocks can really get hit hard. But stocks that you've got on your shopping list, um, you know, now you're getting a pullback. Am I buying Apple? No, I already own it. Am I buying Twitter? Probably not. I already own it. Am I buying Google on the pullback? Probably not because I already own it. But stocks that are on your shopping list that you don't own, you're getting an opportunity to get in. So I might go and look at a few things here and think about maybe I will enter, you know, a couple of, you know, uh, other positions here. So buying dips and selling rips has been working. And I think that continues to work. But what about a name like Clorox here? And we can talk about this one. But they well, had 
okay, so I had made a trade on this last night. This was, um, I actually, I went long it on the close because I'm like, they're probably going to beat and they're probably betted up. And then it started trading down right after four. And I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> and then it came up and it went up a little ways. And I actually ended up making only a point on it. And I could have made a lot more. And then Kramer talks about it on CNBC and on Mad Money. And it just continues to go up. And it goes all the way up to last night. Ahead of the print, they were buying this thing up to 193. Ahead of the print. So I shorted it last night because I'm like, here's my scenario. Um, I think Clorox probably blows it away. But I don't even know if it has any more upside above 192, 193. I think that the people who are buying it right now are, um, I, I, I think, I, I don't see it going to 200 on their report. It's Clorox. I mean, it's a consumer products company. So I felt like everything was priced in last night was trading 192, 193. So I shorted it last night after hours. I took it through the print. And I looked at the print. And I was like, nah, that sucks. It probably could go up a little bit more. But here I ended up actually being able to cover it at like 190. I covered some at 189 and change. I covered some more at like 190. I covered a few different points. Um, so I ended up averaging out probably about 191. I actually made money on the trade. I think I made a buck. And so here it was. I shorted a stock that blew the numbers away. It's up six points and I still made a buck on the short because it was just bit up so much last night. People just crazy. And now it's bit up here again. And now it's a 192.83. And it was a good report. It's probably worth it. But when you're willing to pay, the person who's paying 192.83 right now bidding it is fine because we know it's a good report. There was people who were buying this last night. You don't even know it's going to be a good report. What if they, it's probably going to be a good report, but what if they give, you know, a little bit of bad guidance or what if it's not as good as everybody expected it to be? So here it is. It's everything that the bulls expected it to be. And the person who bought last night doesn't even make money. That's when you know you're making a bad trade when you have everything work in your favor in the fundamental analysis and you don't make money. So whoever shorted last night, even if they scratched the trade, it was a smart trade to make because your risk reward was set up. Because if they said anything, if they, if they just beat by a little bit, the stock would have got the beats, but they blew it away. So it was a worst case scenario for the bears. And if you're shorting last night, one, nine, one, nine, three, you don't even lose money. There's a, so, there's some daily significance there too. I look at it, uh, the high uh, at uh, 193.85, you just made that. And then uh, after on the first rebound, you know, you got highs at 193.56, 193.37. So I keep an eye on that whole 193 to 194 handle. Uh, we're pretty close to it. If you're, this thing is really going to explode, I think it should be easily to clear 194 and maybe get the next daily high comes in at 198.62. So let's see. The day's not over yet. It's holding a bit here uh, at 192.83 to buck off the pre-market high. But uh, important for this to get into the 194 area for it to really, really take off. And just to clarify, I'm not saying I'd short it now. I'm saying I short it without that information last yes. night up seven because I don't see it going up, you know, more than seven, even if they blow it away. And they did blow it away and it did not go up more than seven. Could it continue to climb here? It could do anything now. I don't think there's a trade here. It's a really good report. It is a defensive stock. The market's getting beats. So there's probably a few people who want to own a stock like this. It could continue higher from here. I don't know where it goes from here. All I felt like was last night, the risk reward was set up that I don't think it's going to go to blow all the way to 200. So I don't sure. mind taking a shot. So it's a different thing, a different trade. All right. What's the and it's, it's, it's one of the few stocks up today. There's not much up, but Clorox is. Clorox. Um, it was uh, probably going to be up, though. Like, 
unless they missed obviously they yeah. missed they would have killed it but it's defensive so some of these defensive names like even look like Procter and Gamble here for instance you know Procter and Gamble's trading down a buck 80 right now and I don't see Colgate's trading down so that doesn't help Procter and Gamble either but I mean, these are the kind of stocks on the pullbacks here that maybe you're interested in. I mean, PG, you got a little double bottom lean on around 115. I don't mind buying that pullback in PG this morning because you know what? If we start to get ugly again, this is a stock that holds up. So think about the COVID list. You know, go back to that a little bit because some of those stocks still have, you know, and some of them have been hit pretty hard. Even my Activision Blizzard has been hit pretty hard. Um, from the highs, you know, it got up to $67, $68. I still have it. Now you're down 63 I mean, talk about a 50% retracement of this overall move here. I mean, you're starting to get in that area. So, and here it is, it's trading down here with the overall market. But remember, some of these stocks were moving counter to the market for a while. That trade could come back on again. Somebody was talking about Peloton earlier. It's going to report next week. Peloton is trading down here. I still think Peloton's going to blow it away. I'm long the stock. I think they're going to beat on the earnings report. And I think there could be a run-up ahead of it. So I like the Peloton long here. You got a really nice defined level, too. Look at PTO Joel. What do you think of that? The triple four or five, uh, full, six bottoms, same area. Yep. Uh, full disclosure, uh, long Peloton. Got a great area of support here. All those lows at 31. Yeah. Ah, wow, look at that. I like it. Yep. Um, great. Well, not. I'm sorry, 30. You have uh, three yeah, lows. Buck yeah, down. Yep. Actually, four out of five lows right at that $30 area. So keep an eye on that. I uh, did a great 30-minute workout today, arms and legs. I got that um, normal person day. I got up, worked out early. It was nice. It was fun. You got to get one, Dennis. It's a good workout. I got, I got the stock. That's as much as I'm going to get on a Peloton. Okay. All right, S&P's real quiet here, folks. Uh, just treading water here around 2840. We can't get like a bounce and we can't get a, a real uh, dip here. I think people are haven't dealt with a lower open in a while. So they're trying to scratch in their head is, uh, you know, maybe waiting for a pop to sell. But uh, just sitting here, 2840, our, our low for the week. If you think we're going to get back all the gains for the week, then you're going to be looking at that Sunday night low for the Monday session at 28.12.75. I'm not that scared. So I have some stocks. Obviously, I still have a ton of cash for now in my long-term portfolio. Uh, but at this point, I'm not like saying, I don't think you come in here and just start selling stocks. I think we got a little more downside. We could have some work, but I think you got support about 40 points below here. Mm -hmm. So if this gets really ugly, I think you have a nice opportunity to get into some stocks that maybe you want to have. And Maybe if you're a long-term investor, you nibble in. But as a trades here, I'm more inclined to buy the dip. Although I don't think we're ripping right back. This is a we still have a turn in sentiment. People are spooked. People are taking profits. Um, I, I, you know, I think we could eventually bounce back. But I also think there's room down to 280. At 280 on spy, I'd be buying the dip. That's just me. What about oil here? Uh, go to ExxonMobil and Chevron reporting this morning. ExxonMobil's gap EPS was a 14 cent loss. Adjusted, it was 53 cents. So uh, adjusted came in a uh, more reasonable number. But on the gap basis, 14 cent loss versus a 55 cent EPS a year ago. Uh, just to put that in perspective there. Chevron, uh, their adjusted number was a little bit better, buck 93 versus buck 39. Uh, sales for Chevron, 31 billion versus $29 billion. So we knew these would be bad and they are bad. Uh, although Chevron seems Chevron to be- Chevron looks cool. pretty good. Chevron's were, <laughs> yeah, actually Chevron's weren't that Chevron's bad. Chevron's look good. Chevron's not that bad, ExxonMobil, uh, pretty bad. Stocks trading down. Again, these stocks have run so far. I cannot 
figure out to buy Chevron here now. Yes, it's best of breed, but we just saw Royal Dutch Shell cut their dividend. Oil is still a mess. And here you have a stock like CBX that has basically almost doubled in a month. March 20, March 19th, 51.60. Yesterday, we got up to 95.74. He's talking about a stock that's had a 90% run in the better part of a month. I mean, at the, mar the easy money's been made on Chevron. You still have oil as a mess. You're, yes, you're buying best of breed. If there's any oil stock I would want to own, it is Chevron. But I'm not buying it at 91.60. I'm not buying it at 91. I'm not buying it at 85. I'm not. Maybe at 80, where you got those triple bottoms, I'd be interested. But... This is also one that could be a little bit prone to taking profits here too. The, the earnings were fine. The earnings were fine. It's trading down simply because it had everything good priced into this too. It had come back way too far. The earnings were fine, but oil is still a mess and they're in the wrong industry. Uh, Exxon Mobil uh, did have the run kind of decoupling itself from the actual crude oil futures. We, uh, we talked about that a few days ago. Uh, you did have the dip, and they took this to 42.98 and uh, got a nice rebound. And trading at that high area from the rebound, as the stock made a new high for the move yesterday, I'm really going to key in on yesterday's action. Very important for this stock to clear the, the double top at 47.60 and 47.68. I uh, really need that to be taken out. Maybe not going to do it. I don't know where you're trading at. You're trading at 46 bucks. So I like that as major resistance. Uh, coming back on the downside, need to hold that, you know, that 45.58. Uh, I could easily get a look at 44.70. It was uh, the two day low. So Better to find resistance in here up at the 47.60 area than uh, trying to find support. Also, you can use that closing price as a, you know, as a marker, that closing price is 46 even. Lots of other earnings here. Um, I, last night was, well, totally we had over 200 companies reporting yesterday between the, the morning and the close. But, but can we talk Gilead here? I'm out of Gilead. We know I sold it live while I was on the show there on the pop. Uh, I would like to rebuy Gilead. It's now five points below where I sold it in the pre or in the pre market that day. Um, <laughs> I've had luck at the seventy six to seventy seven area, and I may be too greedy. It might not come that low, and at that point, it might be actually breaking trend too. Um, I'd like to get the stock back. Where should I buy it, Joel? Um, let's see here. Got to eighty this morning. Under eighty dollars this morning. And we also have some ratings, Mr. Israel. I think we have a couple of ratings on Gilead as well. Well, there's a lot of ratings on, on everything this morning uh, as, as it relates to earnings. But uh, JP Morgan, SunTrust, and Raymond James are all downgrading Gilead this morning to uh, uh, two of them are to neutral, one of them is to sell. SunTrust to sell. Yeah, SunTrust to sell. JP well, Morgan. Do we know? Do we look at the Gilead note on, from SunTrust just to see kind of? Well, you know, I can give you. I can give you the numbers. The Gilead uh, uh, numbers. Yeah, give us the numbers from, too from the report. Uh, yep. Their their EPS a buck sixty eight uh, versus a buck fifty seven estimate sales five point five four billion versus five point four five billion. So beat on both the sales and the EPS for the quarter. They said that coronavirus did not impact their first quarter results. Uh, but they anticipate that uh, business in the short term will be impacted due to fewer patients accessing treatment uh, for HIV and, and, and other, uh, other illnesses like that. Uh, but they also talked about how they're trying to fast track their drug, remdesivir. Uh, all in all, it, it was a fine report. I traded I, this swing yeah. trade three times 
from 75 up to like I, I I've you know honestly I was I've never do it this well but I did it really well I, I bought this thing at 74.90 two days before they had the good news the first time and I sold into the pop around 85 bucks and then I rebought it when I had the bad news come from China at 77 and I sold it at 80 like a minute later because um i didn't scared. want to own it and then i read the china stuff and i'm like well this doesn't sound that bad to me and i rebought the stock at 76 and then i resold it now at 8590 or 86.90 i believe it was in the pre-market which obviously never traded to in the regular session so i i've played this really well i've done it three times i'm like do i go for the fourth or is it like uh maybe i should lay off i'm tempted to try to go back in it i'm tempted right now at $80.91, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of the good news, like, you know, is in it. And, you know, what if the next report isn't as good? So I, 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 I'm torn, Joel. You're torn. torn. Did, You're did, in it. On, what do you, what on, are you doing with yours? You, you hold forever. Yeah. You're like Warren yeah. Buffett, you and yes. Lisa. Yes, yes, I'm not selling. Uh, go out there at 78. You got a pair of lows at 78.24, 78.08, you know. Um, do I do it the fourth time? If you do something successfully three times in a row, maybe you should lay off. You do something successfully four times in a row, you do it until it doesn't work. Yeah, tell, you, about, tell about the, um, the GE story. I had a GE uh, level that was just huge. This was back in like 2001. And it was like when GE was like $130 stock. And I shorted off that level one time, two times, three times, four times, making a point, making two points, making two points, making a point. And, you know, just day trading it. And I'm like, well, I did it four times. I'm going to continue to do it until it doesn't work anymore. And when it eventually goes through this big level, a 133, I'm going to cover. I did it 13 times in a row. And on the 14th time, I finally got stopped out and lost like 50 cents. So you make a buck, make 80 cents, make a buck and a half, make two bucks, make 50 cents, make 80 cents, you know, and you do it again and again. So I, in, my tech, in my trading book, I will say, if you do something successfully three times, you have a choice. You can lay off. Or you can continue to do it. If you do something successfully four times, you continue to do it until it doesn't work anymore. So <laughs> 13 times is the record. I don't know if I'll ever beat that one again. Um, Gilead, if I do it the fourth time, then I'm going to do it forever. So do I go for it and try to bid 78 chat? Tell me what to do. Do I try to buy it again? Or um, is this the time I should just, you know, I I'm scared that the next report might not be as good. I'll say but that. you're not going to be hold the way you're trading this thing. You're not going to hold it. You'll trade it four more times report. before the next report. No, I held it every report. The first one was no, report. The next one was report. All of them. The you, reports have just I been, I just been on the right that. side of them. <laughs> just buy it and forget just it so we don't it. have to hear you talk about it anymore. Oh, yeah. Go for the W. says, whatever you do, don't buy a partial position. Exactly. Yeah, when I buy a half size position, I'm always wrong because it means I'm not convicted of my calls. Like, I kind of like it here. I'll buy a half. I'm always wrong. When I say I'm just buying a little piece, I'm always wrong. Fade me. Fade me. <laughs> What's up? All right. We're going to stick uh, We're going to get one more stock in here, or is Raz ready to come on? Uh, no, uh, he'll be joining us in, in uh, 10 minutes or so. So we have a few sure. more minutes here, but Let's we can go. go we can go Beyond Meat. They caught a big downgrade this morning. We can go Western Digital had earnings. Where would you like it to go? There's a lot of Beyond places. Beyond Meat, it's fun. The chat likes talking Beyond Meat. All right. Beyond Meat is catching a downgrade this morning from Wells Fargo to Underweight. They're giving it a $72 Another. price target. The analysts just hate Beyond Meat. <laughs> they hate it so much. It was funny, though, that day that it got downgraded. Who was the person that downgraded back April 27th? Remember when it was trading up? And I was, like, talking about it in the pre-market. Was it Credit Suisse? Let me look at it, let me look it up. On the they downgraded underweight. And I was like, this is how crazy the stock is. It got downgraded to sell today, and it's trading up 4 bucks. That was uh, the top. 
Wait, I, on, on what day was that, Dennis? How do you remember I this? I think it was the 27th because I see the candle. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, UBS done ready to sell. And it was trading up on that. We talked about it on the show. I even tweeted it out. I was like, I, I didn't short it because I'm like, holy cow, impressive to be trading up on a downgrade. Well, eventually the sellers started to come in and they kept selling it from that. So the downgrade eventually did hit the stock. It was just a three-hour delay or four-hour delay on it. Uh, but, you know, eventually closed very red. Now you get another downgrade here. Now you look okay. Am I selling it down? You know, now, now exactly. You're buying the dips and selling it. Yeah, dips. where? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, it's in the no man's land here. Yeah. At $80, I love it as a technical trade. I never love Beyond Meat as a valuation. It's never grown my long-term portfolio because it doesn't make any sense. But at $80 from a technical trade, it gets down to $80, I'd be a buyer. But it, ain't, it isn't going to get to $80 anytime soon. I don't even know if it's going to get to 90 So if you're a trader buying dips on this, I just don't know where your out is. Uh, 92, they got it down there, but it, the next lows of the brackets were 93. So if you want to try it for buy the dip, maybe buy it as close to 92 as possible and then let it go if it breaks 92 because uh, on the dailies, man, you have, you have a steep area and uh, you had a low at uh, 103. That was uh, on the 24th, but your next daily low comes in at 89.30. So Kind of squirrely here. I'm just going off that 92 based on the 15-minute chart. But if you're really looking for something on the dailies, you got to look at uh, 89.30 and below that 85.14. But doesn't feel like it's going to get that low today. What's kind of squirrely mean? I've heard this expression, you know, all my life. You know, I was also wondering what that meant. (laughs) And and, and it's funny Joel just brings it up because Joel uses a lot of these expressions. But you know, maybe we should just go look up the definition in Urban Dictionary, wherever you go look it up. Is what does squirrely mean? What does that actually mean? Uh, it what does mean, it mean to you? Well, and then we'll look up the actual definition. Restless, nervous, or unpredictable. Sounds right. Is that what it says on? Uh, yeah. That's what it says on the. That, on that's what that's Earth. what it says in Benzinger Pro. So it must yeah, be. I like that. Yeah, oh, that's that a Benzinger Pro. You even have dictionary in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! Benzinger Pro does it's, everything. It's just a dictionary for Joel's terminology. But uh, yeah, we got some stuff. All right. Um, do I'm you want to go that to my vocabulary? I've heard it for years. I've heard it my whole life. I've never used it. It's also so when relating... I find something unpredictable. I'm going to say I agree with you, Joel. Beyond Meat's kind of squirrely. Yeah, and it's also related to or resembling a squirrel. So if you want to have it, use it as two ways. We're not saying that Beyond Meat has and it's going to go to eating squirrels or anything. Well, that's squirrels. what we used to call the girls' <laughs> swim team, too, but I, I can't tell you. All right, moving on from that. tangents on this show. <laughs> Rob Hood may get that one. Uh, anyways, let's move on. All right, moving on back to the earnings Producer here. Producer keeps us in line. We, we can go Visa. We can go United. Yeah, nice job on Wall Street. All right, I'm, 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 I'm taking us to Visa here. All right, Visa had earnings after the close yesterday. They beat on their EPS and they beat on their sales a buck thirty nine versus a buck thirty five in five point nine billion versus five point seven five billion dollars. Uh, CEO obviously talked a lot of uh, uh, you know preached caution on their on their call, uh, but uh, the the report was good. Their earnings great report. Earnings were good. The, the story is the same for all of these Momo stocks. They've all run a long ways. People are booking profits. That's what it is. We're back to where we were on a lot of these stocks, where we were at the beginning of March. A lot of people have gotten all of their losses back from the crisis. And, you know, some people have made some money. So people are booking profits. 
Visa's got room. 160, I love it. Again, you're 173. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's a little bit squirrely. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, right now, it's not showing any signs that it wants to go up. You're trading at the lows of the pre-market session, just sitting there at 173.75. So really, no one's stepping up. If you go into reverse mode, really, night. Ooh, we're a ways away from that. So you got to look at the close. As your first air closes way up there at 178.72. And what do you got on the dailies? I don't know. I'd, 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 have, to, I'd have to maybe wait for at least 170.38. 168.55 at four-day low. 170.38, that's your three-day low. Call that whole area 169.65 or something like that. So... That's what I'd be looking for for this to come down. If you did get a rally into the top bottom of yesterday's range, 177.66, I expect you'll find sellers there. I'm taking us to UAL with a, uh, expectations near the floor. They managed to beat them, but still not great numbers here. EPS, they lost $2.57 per share last quarter on sales of $7.9 billion dollars. Uh, yeah, I mean the EPS came in above the estimate, but I but I mean the estimate was so far underground that that doesn't really make a difference. I don't know. The beneficiary from the tra dash for trash UAL with an impressive two-day move, stock went from twenty-four dollars up to thirty-one dollars. So you're talking about a seven-point move on a twenty-four dollars stock. The stock yeah. went up thirty percent in two days. Now coming back down to earth, maybe 50% retracement of the move, but I'm going to just tell you, the airline's got a world of pain ahead of them. And there is not people, we're not getting out of the COVID thing anytime soon. It's going to get, go. it's going to ebb and flow, but this thing's going to go on for a while. Airline volumes are, in my opinion, are going to stay depressed here for a long time. Yes, they're going to go up, but, you know, Delta talked about having, you know, 65%, you know, capacity is their break even. I think they're a long ways away from getting back to 65% any of these airlines. And that's why they're no touch for me. I'm going up north. That's when I get out of this. I'm going I'm going up north. Not going Disney not topping on a plane and going to Disney World? Nope. Nope. Me neither. I can't wait. I'm going up north probably soon. Yeah, I can't wait when they let us out of our house, man. I got yeah. my buddy's got some cabins up there, Traverse City, Grayling. I mean, that's going to be like a, a luxury vacation. It's good to uh, be isolated too up there. It's better oh, yeah. to your cottage oh, right yeah. now. Isolation. That's, yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the theme for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the people up there don't want people like you coming up there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Bringing our city diseases. <laughs> uh, well, they lifted that. Re Actually, they were pulling people over. At a point, uh, if you had uh, plates from the south going up north, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, but um, you had to show that you own the you know own something. But now they re they've lifted that restriction, so so you uh, can go up north now. Man, I yeah, twenty five bucks. If I had to wait on this thing, I know it's it's trading at twenty uh, twenty eight thirty eight, uh, right near yesterday's low, but uh, really couldn't get uh, real interested in this until you come down and test those lows B between 24 and a half and 25 and a half kind of have to agree with you, Dennis, on the fundamental um, aspect. Uh, 
you are at yesterday's low, so if you just <clears throat> think you're going to have a repeat of yesterday's action, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday's low, 28.32. So if you just think, hey, they're going to shrug this off and take it right back up. The closing price was 29.58. Uh, Boeing had some good news this morning. Yeah, Boeing announced a $25 billion uh, debt offering. They no longer need federal aid, they said. And I guess it takes a... Uh, some uh, an, an equity raise off the table. Uh, uh, it, it was really good. I was actually surprised when I came into my, I, I saw this last night before I went to bed. This came out just after eight o'clock. And then I came in this morning and I saw Boeing trading down six, seven bucks. And I was like, wow, I actually thought it would trade higher on that. I didn't do anything. And then I moved on and now it's up. So I guess I should have just went and bought the stock and not re. I, I thought a little bit more, but I gave it about 10 seconds of thought though. I just thought, oh, I'm surprised it's trading down on that. And then I moved on. Uh, should have went and actually bought it because it's up, you know, significantly from where it was in the pre-market. How low did we get this morning, Joel? Uh, let's see where we go to in Boeing. I saw one thirty like six this morning. I don't know if it was lower than that. Uh, yeah, I can't you desk did. One thirty six. Right at that open, yeah, one thirty five ninety. You're right. Yeah. If you would have been right there at that open, you could have caught it, and then they had a nice move up yeah. to one forty four. Yeah. Man, the ranges are getting tighter on the dailies. Ooh, opening into uh, the high from the day after earnings. See what happens at one forty four sixty five. This is good. Uh, it, it's really good news. And the rate on it, I was surprised at too. So I know they they went different tranches. It was a whole bunch of different offerings. Some is out as much as forty years. And yes, you know they're you know, going to be now levered more significantly than they were before. And yes, the rate was significantly higher than their last time that they you know did a bond offering here. But they didn't have to do any dilution. At least you know I didn't read the details. I don't believe those were convertibles. I don't think it was. And I saw a five and a quarter uh, rate on it. I was like. I, don't, I wouldn't loan money to Boeing at 5.25%, but apparently there was a lineup to do it. So that's good news. That's good news. Good news for Boeing. I'm actually, uh, would not be, I don't know if I'm jumping in just because of the market, but uh, I'm not surprised it's trading higher. And I think there's room to 150, 155 on this. I'm not in it though. And I, I probably won't go on it. Just thoughts. All right, Spencer, we do get some more, right, more yeah. earnings. Yeah, let's do a couple more before. Uh, actually, Jason is here. So let me bring Jason Resnick on right now. Uh, final guest of the week, Jason Resnick, is the uh, founder and CEO of Benzinga. has been joining us every other or every week, uh, really, uh, since we started doing this show uh, remotely, I guess. And, and my first question for Jason when I get him on here and just right now is, uh, Jason, any, any idea when we'll be allowed back in the office? There we go. You're not there? You're no. supposed to be there right now, Spencer. I mean, geez. Uh, Luke's been there all week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, Luke's not allowed to leave the office. <laughs> hey, do, you, do you guys think Spencer – maybe in the chat room you could say ones or twos. Do you guys think Spencer Israel is tired of me um, being on the show for – you put a one and what? two he wants, he wants me on? Why do you do that? Because, because the calendar invite you sent me, the Zoom link's expired. I mean, I've all morning. I've been trying to get on. Wait, I'm really? not that smart. I didn't go to our Slack discussion oh, to find the link. I'm so I've just been sitting here. But no, I love you. I'm I love sorry. you. It sounds so, an expired link. Meanwhile, yeah. So sounds I love lost expired link. Sorry. I, I know. Good. I I love you. I love you guys. I love the PMP community. Uh, I love Joel. You guys. 
just do a tremendous job. And I know the guys in the room are yelling at me to talk about stocks and TAST and stuff, but I just wanted to start off with just saying, honestly, I love you guys. Oh, we love the loved. We love you too, Jason. And let's take it into the stocks here because you're all over this TAST. You gave yes. it to us when it was a buck seventy-five. It's now three dollars and sixty-five cents of yesterday's three fifty here this morning. Did you book some profits? I did. It's one of my best trades I've, I've had in a long time. I booked some profits, but most of my position, Dennis, is 70% is still in. I booked some profits at 290 or 288, um, about a third of the position. And I'm upset I did that because when I got this position, when I got in it, Dennis, the guy who gave it to me, guys, I don't come up with these, all, all these ideas myself. Like, like, I don't want to take credit for it, but the guy who gave me was very smart. Um, and he said, it's either going to be going to $10 or it's, you know, it's, it's going to be bankrupt or whatever, not bankrupt, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So basically a call option. And I like those, the risk versus reward on this one because they own drive throughs Burger Kings and it was getting crushed. And the insider Brian, I liked as well, Joel. And I just, you mentioned that. Uh, yeah. And so I just, I just went in it, but guys like crystal balls are hard. I mean, they are, they are. I mean, look at Facebook. I, I thought Facebook would take a, you know, kind of um, get hurt because of the whole, you know, um, all these businesses not advertising. So I, I thought so off. too. Yeah. We, we I sold that. my Facebook ahead of the number because I was Thank like, you. I thought that same thing. Right. Wrong. I was wrong. So I'm not the only guy. Okay. <laughs> what made right. you sell at 288? Was it just a number or just, you know, it's where good, you wanted to lighten up? Well, well, it's, a good, it's a good point, Joel, because... I, li you know, I listen to your, the show and I listen to how you talk about levels. And so I thought I was being like extra smart. Okay. Here's a level <laughs> that's hard to get over. And it stalled there. Yeah, it did. It, it, did. Did. it did. And what, I'll tell you something else, Joel. So I bought a decent amount of shares more than I normally would buy. I have like a number starting position, a starting position. And then I try to rebuy. And that's what I did with my, um, like Peloton that I own a decent amount of. And, um, and I, and I, so I, I was laddering in and I got, I got in a lot of too many shares. And when it went down, it like went down like 20 cents one day, I was like, Oh my God, I'm down this much money. So I'm like, I got to take some off that day. I kind of like flipped, you know, and if I just wouldn't look at the market that day, cause I don't always there go in, go. then yeah. I would have kept it Joel, but I looked at level and I thought I was being smart, but in reality being wrong. And I, and TAST guys are just one of them. I mean, there's, I mean, you guys know Tesla. I mean, um, you guys know the different companies like that. I mean, obviously, um, by the way, you guys keep asking about battery plays. The, the, the battery, lith the company that I'm in is Lithium, L-T-H-M. I, it, Joel, if you pull up a chart on it, um, you yeah. also, you've also told me about Lithium, Joel. Yeah, I'm in it. I, I, I'm, I'm down on, I'm in it, but I'm down on it. So am I, so am I. I'm down on it too, my average um uh, cost was seven dollars and 18 cents i guess but i originally started buying it at 12 then nine then five then four points but i i will say to you joel i so believe in this company that i bet you a year from now this company's at 12 and i don't want to like you know yeah i I, I think so too you, you know what the technicals on this aren't that bad i mean it's set up it's holding up fairly well here even like today we don't know because the market's down significantly so it's probably going to be down a little bit today here but if you want to just talk to patterns we don't ever talk patterns. a little cup and handle starting to form here you're buying this thing around six so, bucks so dennis do you look okay. at that 
Do you What's look, that? Are you looking at like cup and handles and charting? Yeah, if it jumps out at me, I don't look for that. I'll tell you a story. And you know, this is, you know, when you, when you first start trading and I went from retail to prop, I traded retail for two years from 1997 to 1999. I looked at all, read all the technical analysis books, looked at all the patterns. When I got to bright trading, I wrote a, it, we had scanning software. It was called first alert back then. You could actually do like, you still have patterns. that uh, a different version of it, but okay. I, have, I have two scanners, two different, like that scan stocks, but I had like one that would look for patterns. And I like had like a, chart, a cup and handle pattern finder. And I would like look for that. I tried using that thing for six months and all I did was lose money with it. And that's what I was like, you know what? These patterns, they go up, they go down and they don't work that well for me. So I'm not a big pattern trader probably because it didn't work for me for the first six months and I moved on. And obviously I trade off of relationships more than anything, but I also trade off the of stories. And I like a lithium story because here you got Tesla. So I would see, you know, this has a nice story. I don't mind the way the chart looks. Maybe I would nibble. That's what I would say. So, so I want my ducks in a row. Pa patterns would be something to say, ah, I kind of like what it looks like. So maybe that, you know, but I want the story first. I want a story. And then I want like a thesis that's not based on a chart. And then I look at the chart kind of for the time. Okay. Kind of how I work. Spencer Israel, do you mind if I take a couple questions from the YouTube chat? Yeah, go for it. All right. So I love that. So Benzinga Pro and YouTube chat. I just, I, I, I forgot to do that last week or two weeks ago and I just feel bad. So um, one of the questions about WKHS from Mitch, one of the loyal listeners, um, I think I said the symbol right. I, I looked into that. Um, I didn't like that they took the PPP loan and like, you know, it was like a big deal. I don't have enough color on it. I put one of our analysts on it to see if it's one that could be in the electric trucking space. I don't have enough color on it at this point, but I didn't love that they had the PPP loan. It was a big thing for it. This is a, a electric trucking company out of like Ohio, I think. Um, but Mitch, it's not enough of a reason to go sell it because what I'm saying right now, because I don't have enough color. I probably, I mean, by next week I will, because I just need to follow up and have this guy who's my, he's my electric expert. I have an electric expert. I literally do. And I'll put him on it and then he'll either, tell me this thing's the real deal or it won't. I don't know how he does it, but he is the guy. He's the guy that when Tesla was getting killed back in the day when it was like 260 went down to like 80, he's like, Jason, mortgage your house, get a second loan and buy <laughs> Tesla. Now I didn't do that, okay? But he was right. That's probably a good idea, Jason, not to do that. Well, at the time, maybe. <laughs> you don't want to mortgage your house to buy a stock. But, Unless it's right. <laughs> wait a second. Spencer Israel, you're saying that laughing and sarcastic, but let me tell you this. We had a guy who wrote an article for Benzinga. About yep. Yeah, I, I remember this. I, I remember, remember this. That. Yeah, so we had a guy oh, wrote an article, Dennis, for Benzinga, man, and it was like, take a home equity, invest in the, mar the market. This guy was so right. It's unbelievable. Who was that? Do you remember? The market went up for five years. <laughs> that was like six years ago. I remember, I remember that. Who Logan, was it, Jason? Logan. Um, let's bring on the show next week. <laughs> it, wasn't, right. wasn't, it wasn't Logan, but I remember like everyone's like, take that article Logan. down. And we're like, no, it's a good article. He got on CNBC. It got on CNBC was it so did, interested. It, it was so much publicity. He was fighting yeah. with. Who who is he fighting with from CNBC? I don't know, but he, he got ripped on CNBC. So guys in the in the in the room in the Benzinga, you know, the market room, a guy wrote on Benzinga that like contributes for us, basically saying take a home equity out. It's better than this. It's, you get three percent. It'll cost you four percent interest rate, and you'll put it in the market. And they it went viral. CNBC was saying how dumb he was, all this yeah. stuff. Well, he was so right. And so Spencer Israel, 
you're right. I didn't right. go put in like $40,000 into a Tesla then at $80, but the stock's at 800. So that 80, 000, that 40,000 would be worth 40,000 times eight. That's 300. And let me get my calculator up $320,000. And I didn't do it, but whatever. You're right. Safer than sorry. So there was two more quick questions I just wanted to answer. Yeah, one, is sure. on, one is on Smile Direct. The symbol S is in Sam, D is in dog, C is in Charlie. I should have said S is in Spencer, Israel. But Smile Direct, what I like about Smile Direct. Now, I think you guys asked me because I, I know the founders. Like I text and with the founders a lot, or one of them at least. Um, and, and he's you know one of the presidents of the company. Smile Direct has done a great job at trimming costs at being proactive with, with this um, pandemic. They've absolutely done a great job and they also built tons of masks. I have friends that got their stuff. The stock has taken off though. It has gone from 445 to 772. And Joel and Dennis can look at charts and tell you, tell you more on that. This, this is a one that it's fallen, but like it, it, it would, when it, back in the day before the pandemic, it had a tough time going over $10 after that one earnings report. So it's gone from $4 or 350 to 772. And I know what happens then. There's FOMO. We all get FOMO. We're like, oh, F. I didn't say the, the bad word, Joel. I'm doing it. <laughs> He's learning. So, and so I said, so they, you say, oh, F, these other companies are just taking off. What are we going to do? You know, um, should I buy it? And so you buy it and then you're the last one holding. I'm not saying Smile Direct is not a company here to stay. They've done some great partnerships. Walgreens, CVS. They've, they've made access to dental care for, instead of braces, accessible. Now the bear, you know, and this is, I, I call Spencer Israel the bear. So he would say, Jason, smile direct, the thing doesn't work. This problem, this problem. I've heard, and they had that CBS expose on them. That's what really killed the stock. I've heard great things about it and negative things, but I've heard more great. I do think that stock eventually gets back to 12 to $14, but I don't want to give you like it's going to be back in August because I, I don't think that's a fair number, but that's what I think. I'm holding my smile direct. I did sell some a while ago, but I'm holding my leftover shares. And, um, and one day at a time, I see you think there has been a lot of call buy, buying. We had our options analyst in Benzinga Pro actually chart out how many call options versus puts over the, this time versus last time last year. It was a pretty cool study. And there has been a lot of call buying. So when there's a lot of call buying, usually someone knows something, but you, you never know. So yes, I'm holding it but I don't have the nerve to like triple up on it. Um, there are some companies I'm considering tripling up on though, but that is one of them that's not right now. SDC has had a nice run. Four was just awesome level. I mean, it's hung there, it's sat there, it's sat there. And then it finally started to go just about two weeks ago. It basically doubled from four to eight. It got up to almost, well, it kissed $8 yesterday. So it's a perfect double. So it's not surprising. You could yeah. get a little bit of profit taking here. Go to your classic Fibonacci retracement, 50%, and say, hey, if this gets back down to 6 bucks or 620 or somewhere in there, you're probably going to find buyers. I don't know if you're going to pull the way back down to there, but at $6, you'd be at 50%. It'd be a nice setup. Here, you're chasing it a little bit. I think there's obviously some room to the downside. I mean, it can go anywhere, really, but um, on a pullback, I'd be interested. So this is the Spencer Israel lightning round. I Two more quick stocks. I talk, I talk on the show about Wendy's. Um, I don't know why people call me when I'm on the show. I tell people I'm on the show and they call me and the phone rings. I apologize for that. So the um, Wendy's, I gave you guys Wendy's around eight or 10 or $11. It's at 1986, has a decent dividend. It's obviously gone down because the stock has uh, risen a lot. 
Um, when I was on the show, it's gone up 77.93% since being on the show. <laughs> he calculated. <laughs> he just figured that out. Just <laughs> the first guess that I actually calculated <laughs> since he was on the show. That's good. <laughs> well, the day Sick. I was on the show, I bought the stock. And so I see it in my account. That is the truth. Okay, fair enough. So uh, I did. What, um, okay, so Wendy, what are you doing with it now? I'm just keeping it, uh, Dennis. The reason I bought Wendy's was not for this. I don't know why it's gone from this to this. If I would have known it was going to go like that, guys, I would have obviously bought a lot more. But the reason I bought it was for the dividend. I really want to have a lot more dividend stocks and not speculation stocks. So I'm just keeping it. Now, I got to look at the percentage of dividend yield is right now because I don't know. If it's less than 3%, I will probably sell 25% of my position. It's 2.52%. Yeah, so it's getting close. So I may, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to sell 25% of my position either today or early next week. That's what I think. And look for other opportunities. Two more really, really, really quick ones. Uh, work has come back. I was down um, on Slack for a long time. I bought it originally at 35, and then I bought a bunch at 17. It's come back. But the one that hasn't really moved, and maybe we're wrong on it, this is a Luke Jacoby, that Benzinga favorite. You guys may know it. New York Times, NYT. It's up 4% since I bought it, but it, it was down. And I bought it a decent amount, Dennis, because – I thought because of traffic, um, you guys know, like because of the web traffic and subscriptions, I thought New York Times could really ride the wave. So I'm really waiting to earnings. Spencer, I don't know when New York Times earnings are. Maybe it's the middle of May, but that's one that I'm in. And then TACO, T-A-C-O. Um, those are two of the companies that I'm just being patient on. Oh, that's really run. TACO's run. Taco? Too. Okay. It's if really you uh, run the line with Jason Rasnick, he's the yeah. founder and CEO of uh, – Benzinga, the founder of Benzinga Pro and everything related to Benzinga. Uh, you had been uh, picking on the cruise line stocks for a while. Yes. And um, I know you had some pretty good success. Have uh, been, been a rally. Have you, have, you, um, have you peeled back on that? Are you still a little bearish? Did you get tanned on it a few times? Tell us, uh, let's talk about RCL because I know that uh, you had some good faith, you know, they're rallying, but man, oh man, nothing is commensurate with the market. Joel, you're a hundred percent. I mean, you're, you're as right as can be. So RCL is at 46. Unbelievable. I wish I had my screens to show you guys how I traded these stocks. So I was buying and then shorting. I mean, not buying. I didn't buy. Sorry. I was, I was shorting, shorting, shorting. So when the stocks went um, to like when RCL hit 40 or 38, I shorted it. I also did that with the, um, Aramark, I think AMRK. Yep. Um, I made the symbol wrong with the ARMK. It's the dyslexia in me that screws up those two letters. Um, it's true. It's a problem. But I haven't picked up Royal Caribbean. I'm not as swift to buy, to, to buy the bottoms, Joel, and sell the tops. What I try to do is like look at market sentiment. Now, people are saying this thing's going to be over sooner than later. So people are going to start booking and it's way undervalued. I, I honestly, guys, I mean, in the chat room, please, if you're going to book a cruise for next year, put one. If you're not going to book a cruise, put two. Because honestly, I don't understand booking cruises right now. The reason I say that, Joel, is because the, the, not the quarantine. is like when you get these cruise ships can't even land. Like you get, you get stuck and the, the sickness is spread. I cannot believe that RCL is at 46. To me, RCL, CCL, they seem like the best shorts ever right now. They really do. But, you know, when you short it, and you've told me this, like, you got to watch those really closely. 
And so if you don't, if you don't have that, if you're not focused on the market, you're not day trade, I kind of just like stay away. Oh, we, we got some people, we got some ones, but we, we're getting mostly twos. Exactly. Like there are some ones who have booked, who have booked. so that, that does give a sign, Joel, of they're not told, wow, oh, that's the same person putting one in a bunch. Okay, that's, that's you can't, if you could bring 10 different people, that'd be fine. But so I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Joel. I'm with you on that. You know, okay. I, I, I want to short it. I want to short RCL. If Dennis says he'll short RCL, I'll short it with they've, him. They've been hit too hard. So it's, it's the, the, the time to hit, hit RCL was when, you know, and, and obviously, you know, we were playing the cruise lines there too, was when we were early on and they had the Diamond Princess and everybody was getting sick on it. And I could not understand and fathom how the cruise lines were still trading down only 10% from their, 10, 15% from their all-time highs. So they got murdered. And now it's like we're in this like, okay, well, maybe they're going to survive. And I mean, if they survive, then they're buys. But, you know, we're at a point where they're going to need capital raises. People aren't. They're going to be burning cash for a long time. Same with the airlines. The cruise lines, the airlines are the same trade right now, where you've got people who are going to be scared to book on cruises and to book airlines. It's not going to be enough to pay the bills. But can they survive this time without seriously diluting their equity in order to get to better times, which are probably a year out at least. So I think, you know, short term, I probably still sell rallies because I don't want to own these stocks. But if you look like you're starting to get out of this, these things could actually, they're actually cheap if they don't have to do serious dilution. But Boeing, you know, just uh, all, you know, and, and, you know, just going on a tangent here, Boeing this morning raised money at a rate that I couldn't, didn't figure they'd be able to do. They did not have to dilute the equity. Five and a quarter percent they went out pretty good stocks trading significantly higher so maybe there is still people wow. willing to loan money to royal we're willing to loan money to carnival cruise lines we know ccl did a raise and they had to do some ugly terms on it but they still got some capital without seriously diluting their equity and if they can do that then there's hope for these companies so i think it's it's not a slam dunk short at this point great i i just want to drop in and see that our uh managing editor jason chubb now just popped in and dropped the link to that article yep. from, tw from 2014 I, I just put it in the youtube chat it's also in the pre-market uh chat I, yep. uh from That's, 2014 and he hopped on to cnbc i guess to argue with herb greenberg about that article but uh it is now in the chats if you want to peruse why did you say herb greenberg jonathan yates wrote it was he, he, right 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 and then on, on cnbc oh it was herbie he was he, herb wow. was on cnbc arguing yeah yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Herb Greenberg just got out of the hospital through some heart surgery. He's doing well. Oh. So we probably shouldn't we probably shouldn't bring him on and Jonathan to debate this. But, <laughs> but well, Herb, Herb Get wrote, better, Herb. Yeah, Herb wrote the longest Facebook post. So yeah, I think he's doing a lot better. Um, but um, I didn't make it to the whole post. But yeah, that that's that, that's a great find. I saw that you had posted in the chat room. So yeah, yeah. that is a great yeah. find. Um, wait. Uh, Two small things. People are asking about what happened in Michigan up in Congress, the people, you know, coming in with the guns. Penzinga is based in Michigan. It was kind of a crazy thing. I think it was more of an act versus real hostile threat. But, yes, it did happen. But Michigan isn't that crazy. Second thing on Tesla. Not all of us. <laughs> not all of us. Spencer's not. He is more <laughs> I'm a little nutty. But – I'm available. If you have a feedback, wait, guys. wait, hold on. So Tesla, yeah, Jason, I do want to get your thoughts before we go on that. Uh, what did you think of the report? So two, so two things. Um, the two things on Tesla. The report was surprisingly somewhat positive that they were, you know, still, um, you know, yeah, too. profit. Yeah, like that that part. But I have something else to share, though, Spencer. The Model Y, which is the one that's like a smaller SUV versus the Model X. 
I believe could be Tesla's best-selling car ever. It is by far the best car they've ever made. That Model Y, which you don't see many on the road because they were just getting out there, but I've been in one, and it is the best car they've ever made. I am predicting 300,000 to 500,000 units of the Model Y will move. That is what I'm predicting. You can write that down. That car is so unreal. I don't see competitors coming close. If, if you look in the news, you saw Hummer delayed their stuff, their launch. Yes, the semi got delayed as well. That's the Tesla semi, which that's for truckers. But that Model Y, guys, when you get in it, I think Spencer will finally believe me, you'll see a Tesla in every parking lot. So I, I like it. Get, guys, I am no expert at trading the thing. I mean, like it was at 968. I didn't sell a share at 968. I sold shares a little bit lower, a little bit, but um, I'm not an expert. So is 781, is it 900? Do I think it goes to $1,000? I do, I do. I, I personally do, man. I, I, I think it goes to two, I, I think it goes, I just think there's no one in the world to compete. Imagine this guys, you guys know Benzinga, right? Imagine there was no other financial site in the world, okay? No other financial site in the world. Well, how would you get financial information? Again, there'd be no CNBC, nothing. What would our, our traffic be? Well, that's what I think of Tesla. Now, you guys disagree likely because the other car companies are coming out of a lot of electric cars, but their systems, their value chain are not made for that. They're just not, you know? They are just not made for that because they, they're made for service and services on combustion engine cars where they come into the shop and get work. They have 30% more parts. It's a different market. It's a different thing. It's really hard for those companies to come compete with Tesla. That's what I have to say on that. I don't know if that gives you a trade today. Maybe it's a long-term call option, but that is my prediction. And if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. All right, Jason, I'll have you know, I'll have you know that I've been trying to buy the ARCW ETF that, we, uh, that Tesla is the largest holding of. So uh, just so you know, I will one day own the stock of VN ETF. That's a great I, I haven't bought it yet. I've been trying to, but I, I don't know. Israel. Why? Why? Wait, that is actually a great idea. And I actually wish I would have bought that. I almost bought it like three months ago. And then I said, <laughs> me too. I, <laughs> no, I did. I had it open one day. Um, but Spencer Israel, I'm shocked to hear you say that. You're the one who thought Tesla was a, a short at, at 200. Tesla's, I, Spencer Israel. I don't know if I said that. But, uh, mortgage out of his parents' house and shorted Tesla. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. I, I just wanted to say uh, one thing <laughs> I'm just overall joking, about, uh, about the cars. And I was uh, discuss, um, discussing this with my daughter, Dana, who's uh, um, a senior manager um, in digital advertising for Cadillac. And, we love uh, Dana. We love Dana. And she's working her, her tail off. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, man, you know, people are going to be buying cars and, you know, we potential recession. And then she made a good point and uh, Lisa concurred. I mean, hey, if you're not taking fancy vacations and you're, you know, cutting things, you know what? You're going to want to have a nice car, you know, and that cars are important to people and especially here in the Motor City. So instead of doing a, you know, five, $10,000 trip to Disney world, you know, a year, every two years, people say, you know what, you know, I deserve a break. I'm going to get myself a nice car. I'm going to get me a Cadillac or I'm going to get me a Tesla or a Ford focus or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I do. I, I do see some hope just because the shift in consumer spending, you know, people are going to be like, Hey, you know, vacations can, I'll pull, you know, I, I don't, 
you can control the germs in your own car. You can't control control the germs in an airplane. So that gives me a little bit of a little hope for GM and Ford and you know uh, the car companies. It definitely adjust my uh, my bare stance on a company like Tesla. Yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I do. I know that we're late, guys. I just have one quick question. Sure. When you when you find these trades, Joel, you 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 keep. You've said to me, Jason, do you have a a limit price? Do you have a, a, a exit price? Do you have a buy, like you know? And I'm really 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 bad at that. And I'm bad at that because I'm the guy that has a 2020 hindsight. I'm like, oh, why did I do this? Why did I sell Facebook at 172 and now it's 212? And it, and it bothers me. And my brother says, Jason, just be happy that you're at Facebook at 90 and it did that. But I'm not. I'm mad that I missed the, the next 30 points. So when you put these limit prices like, hey, I'm going to buy it at this price and sell at this price, do you really stick to those things or do you readjust your numbers if you see a ton of momentum going in? Because and I, I've, 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 uh, I've mentioned this on the show. Uh, Lisa doesn't sell. We we just we just buy. Okay. So it's and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But you know, her for like when she she bought Tesla at four twenty, I told her to you know when it got to eight fifty, we absolutely had to sell it. She said no. When it went back down to three fifty, I said we absolutely have to sell it. She said no. And so the companies that, that we invest in. You know, we're in. We're we're in for the long haul. Um, I've you know, always wanted to do that. Be the Warren Buffett approach and just hold the stuff forever. I never can, so I talk myself out of it. And Jason, I'll tell you that question. I've been trading professionally for 21 years, and I can tell you, I'm very good at entering trades. I'm very poor at exiting them, and I'm always one that looks the same way. It's like I sold this thing and I made a good chunk of money, but man, it went to here, and why did I sell it so early? You know, so. I don't know how you break that. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, we will, I'm sure, be discussing on Monday what Warren says over the weekend. Uh, the, his annual meeting is tomorrow. Oh, it uh, is? Yes. Is he buying it? Yeah, er, earnings oh, are after the close it. today. Yes. Spencer Israel, are you going to cover the, the meeting live and like have a, the show going and like talk about some of the trades? Come on, Israel. Well, Let's I can't, I, I can't do, I can't talk and listen to him at the same time. So uh, I'm going to just, that. You have, I'm going to listen. You have and two then, ears, one mouth. You got your two ears. True. You know, come on. You, it's true. All right, but yes. So that is tomorrow. So uh, for those interested, put that on your calendars because uh, it, it will be on uh, the top of every uh, financial news site over the weekend. Uh, Jason, I want to thank you for uh, coming on. You've been on for way over, but that's okay. We, we love having you. So uh, thanks for the time, Jason, and uh, we'll let you go. And, and can I just say one thing before yeah. I hang up? I'm on Twitter at Jason Raznick, J-S-O-N-R-A-Z-N-I-C-K. Please give me a follow and inter- engage or send me an email at Jason at Benzinga.com and anything that we could do better at Benzinga or the, anything with the show. And please tell a friend about the show. The show is so great. Please tell a friend. That's what we do. We share. And uh, thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. I love being on. And just again, want to say, I think the show is amazing. I tune in every single day and you guys do a phenomenal job. And I don't, I don't get to say that enough. And I really just want to say it. So just want to say it. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Rez. Thank you.
All right, uh, I want to wrap us up here. We, it is 9.15. Uh, thank you to Jason for joining us. And thanks to everyone in our chats. Very active chats today, both on YouTube and market.benzinga.com. Catch a replay of this show on YouTube or on whatever podcast platform you prefer, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. You can catch a free trial and discount to Benzinga Pro by clicking on the link in the description of our YouTube video. All right, 9.15, we are going to head out for the day uh, or for the morning. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40 to walk you through the close. In the meantime, have a great rest of your day, everyone. And wherever you are, be safe. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.